Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, Fashion's Sustainability Insiders. We are revisiting a talk from Transformation Conference in Stockholm back in August, where we had two of the Nordic's leading sustainability experts in fashion on stage. Sandra Roos, Vice President Sustainability Kappal, and Jessica Sederberg-Woodmar, EVP Global Sustainability in CSR Gantt. In this conversation, we talked about what they are doing to prepare for the new EU legislations, their view on the extended producer responsibility, the need for new tech solutions, and so much more. My name is Konrad Olsson, Editor-in-Chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind. And I had a great time doing these talks. Both Sandra and Jessica are two of the most insightful operators in the industry with a long and proven track record on sustainability as both researchers and experts. But before we go in, I just want to mention a couple of events happening in Stockholm this fall. We just had our first Beauty Innovation Talks here at the Scandinavian Mind HQ and we're already planning for the next edition. It's going to happen on November 22nd, also here at Scandinavian Mind HQ at Grevturegatan 30. Uh, please subscribe to uh, Beauty Innovations to get that invite. Visit ScandinavianMind.com slash Beauty Innovation. Also, very exciting, we are launching our first ever event on virtual creativity. Together with our partner Lincoln Co., we are hosting a series of events uh, coming off of the virtual creativity uh, special that we had in Scandinavian Mind issue 4. This is going to be an exclusive event, uh, limited seats, happening for the first time on November 8th at the Lincoln Co. showroom in Stockholm. Uh, Do subscribe to our newsletter to get that exclusive invite. Visit ScandinavianMind.com slash newsletter. Hope to see you guys there. Love doing these events and getting the feedback from our readers and our community. All right, let's get into it. Here now, my conversation with Sandra Roos and Jessica Sederberg-Woodmar from the Transformation Conference in August. Enjoy. Sandra, I'm going to start with you. Um, Many people who've been working in the industry for a long time knew you as a researcher uh, a few years back. I hope so. <laughs> uh, uh, and then you kind of made the pivot into a commercial brand. Um, what's that been like? And, and kind of what did what did you bring with you into Kapal when you when you started? Is it now three years ago or something like that? Yeah, exactly. So I used to be a researcher in life cycle assessment, for example, and uh, I think um, I felt in a way that I. I have come to a point where I, I knew what needed to be done. And I think we all sort of know what to do, the what. And I think uh, Mauro Scalia's presentation of the EU regulations, they really show us what is the future of textile industry going to look like. And uh, for me to come into a company and not um, teaching the what to do, but actually doing it in a role in the executive management team that's totally fantastic what's it been like uh it's been uh, a, a learning period of course like uh, how do we do it i know we need a traceability tool for the supply chain to to uh, both be able to reduce our climate impact not only in tier one but tier two tier three tier four 
but how do we do that in a in a company? And uh, how do we use our production offices in in the production countries? Uh, how I mean, how is it done in practice? Mm. That's uh, what I've been learning. We're going to get back to some of those projects that you are running. Jessica, I want to bring you in here. Uh, just a few. I'm, I'm curious. Just a few reflections on this morning. You've heard now uh, what's happening in the EU. You've heard from the recycling companies. You heard from tech companies want to enter this space and deliver solution to you guys who have to pay for the, pay for these solutions. Um, what's in your mind right now? This has been a great start, really great. Um, but there is a lot of things that we want to fit into a shirt. I mean, we want everything here to fit into this, and then we want the consumers to understand. Mm. And then I will say, because this is a fashion scene, fashion is about fun. It's about expressing yourself, and then that's also what we need to take into consideration. And regardless of me being a sustainability nerd with 33 years within this, this field, it's still people going to choose what they want to wear. Then they are going to look at the sustainability. There will be a few ones that really say, oh, I want sustainable product. But then sustainability is also about what is sustainable. If we can wear this shirt for the next 30 years, then that's sustainable. But then we're talking about chemicals. That is your like previous expertise and so on. So there's a lot of things here to be really taken into consideration. And sitting here with all of these fantastic tech people, I just want to say that we need to cooperate much more together. That's the key point here. We need to learn from each other. So a product developer needs to work with a IT company, otherwise you will come with solutions that we don't need. Mm. You think we need them, but we will say, no, thank you. Uh, but it's like that, I think, is, is the biggest like thing. And also, time. We're talking about implementation by 2025 or 2024, and we are having something in the stores right now, but we're already planning for what's coming in 2025. So when the EU comes or the French legislation comes with two months in implementation period, it's not fair, to be very honest. So you need to think longevity in a, in a broader scale. And I'm very happy with the new legislation where it will be fair for everyone. Mm. And for us being a premium brand, we can also for the first time really get points for having premium products that has a long lifetime. That's not been the case. It has been how much recycled and the more recycled, the better it is. But in, in actual sense, the early stages of the recycled cotton products I got, they look like something a dog slept eight years in the corner on. That's not Gantt quality. I don't want that. So right. this is like we need the industry to, to move together. And I think that's the key learning. Can you talk at all about uh, the approach that Gantt has towards both the, the legislation, but also towards the solutions that need to be in place. Because I know you, I know both of you want to be kind of ahead of this. Uh, you don't want to be reactive and wait for it to be implemented. You're already doing research and so forth. How do you navigate this, this field right now? Yeah, it's complicated, but it's not impossible. But I think the key part is nothing is sustainable and nothing is perfect. And you need to accept that. That doesn't mean that you give up. But that means that you need to find the partners that you really want to work with. You need to have both of us sit in the, oh yes, that, the mic doesn't work if you turn. Both of us sit in the management team. And I would say like, we talked about the CFO and the, all of them. They are my, my peers. It's not like, I can't do this without them. Mm. And last week I presented the, the um, 
the circular design, uh, all of these abbreviations, even I uh, can't remember them, the EPR in the management team. And of course, then I need to simplify. Extended uh, producer responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's 300 pages. My team read it. I read the executive summary of 30 pages. Then I have to present like five slides and a simple way for them to remember. And what I took away from that, and it's great that Mauro also say, it's about how you choose. Hmm. Like, what do you choose to put in and what do you have to come out? So I say from dirt to shirt and beyond. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like, and then to really always work with them all the way. Sandra, talk about how this works within Capal. How do you interact with the different, like, uh, like design department, the financial department? Because this affects everyone and everyone needs to be, kind of be on board to be able to do some of these big changes. Can you give some uh, insight into how, how it works behind the scenes? Yeah, and I think it's so important that the top management are part of it because they need to be good um, um, promoters in in their teams and the teams below them and and down to to the lower uh, or the people who are, who are actually doing the job. And if if uh, they don't uh, get the instruction correctly, that in sustainability, transparency, environmental impact is equally important to price, uh, then they will just continue thinking that we, we can work as we have done the last 20 years. Mm. But if, if it's really communicated well, that now we do not only look for price, we look for price and we look for transparency and we look for uh, climate impact and we look for uh, good social conditions and, and all that is equally important. And, and to be honest, I mean, we have the production offices in, in Bangladesh and, and uh, China and India. And uh, I think we are a, a, a bit uh, rare there to have employees uh, who, who understands that they are not only going to ask for the price. So sustainability is equally important. And, and we are going to onboard all our suppliers to the sustainability system now in week 46. And, and you know you can't be a supplier to Capital if you don't um, if you don't provide information. No, but that was also we the, the before Jessica here spoke about like sustainability is like the hygiene factor, and I think that what's being put in place now is the legislation putting the hygiene factor as the lowest bar. Right. That doesn't mean that you can't go above that. And we have the supplier sustainability scorecard. We have the supplier sustainability excellence programs and so on and so on. But it needs to be a hygiene factor to make sure that you then on top of that can do other things. But that's also the shift here. And it's a major shift. Mm. So, so let's not forget that. This is also a shift when we're coming and talking about like whoever owns the data has power. And this is a power shift because the suppliers sit on the data. Right. For a long time, it has been the brands who have the power. Now that's changed. And that's a good thing. It's a great thing for the industry. So the suppliers are right and left hand. We can't do anything without them. So it's time to like really like embrace that and work with the best ones. And then you will manage this and still have fantastic product. That's still the aim goal here. Right. And how do you see the balance in terms of responsibility for, you know, the, the, the pressure is put on brands, but I'm suspecting many brands will just go to their suppliers and say, hey, we need to comply with this, 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 and this. Will it put an unusual strain kind of upstream where, where um, 
I'm curious about your thoughts around this, uh, either of you, Sandra, maybe. You talk about buzzwords, but I think this one uh, about from transaction to relation is describing where we are now, because we, we can't uh, find new suppliers uh, all the time uh, mm. that, that have implemented all, all the, the new uh, technology. Uh, and, and can deliver on, I mean, it's quality, it's transparency, it's, it's so much that they need to sort of, uh, that we need to go through. So the, the investment in onboarding a supplier is higher and higher. Uh, so I, it, it's, um, it's about collaborating with suppliers that, that uh, have their own driving force for sustainability, because otherwise we cannot uh, go on and sort of, check the, them and that they are selecting good sub-surprise and good sub-surprise. We have to uh, work with companies, partners, uh, that, that we develop in trust and um, that, yeah, that, that have their own, own driving force so that they don't, uh, yeah, you know, turn off the wastewater treatment system right. when, when right. Uh, no one is there checking. So it's... Uh, I th yeah, I definitely think it's more partnership today. Yes, again, do you see the same thing? Yeah, right, definitely. But I also want to say, right now, it's a Klondike out there for all the IT companies and all the systems, because no one has a perfect system. Right. And f very few of them still works together and can talk to each other. And it's still like an Excel file with pivot tables in the end of it. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I think that this is the time, again, to collaborate. The IT companies have a lot of solutions that we need, but they need to understand what our needs are. And then they can't just talk to us. Mm. We're the, like the, the, a little blip on that, like all of the transactions that's done all through the chain. So they need to talk to the suppliers. They need to talk to the raw material producers and so on and so on. So I'm super positive for the future due to the fact that we have digitalization and we have never had more like knowledge out there. So bring it on. But how's that working out, though? Because what, this is one of the pain points that I see is that you have tech suppliers that want to get in and want to help with this, and you now you're going to be going to hear digital product passport companies for the next three years. Uh, I'm assuming, um, but also on the on the sort of fashion side, you need people to understand and process these new technologies and sort of implement them. How do you how do you square that circle? That's the thing. We are four people in my team. Right. But we're 2,500 people working with sustainability and responsibility at the company because everybody, including the people standing in the store, and I train them. We train them with films, with, with uh, seminars, with quizzes and whatever. You, we, we do that mm. because that's the only way. But then again, it comes back to we also need to train the suppliers. Hence the sustainability excellence programs and so on and so on. And you need to be transparent that we're not done. We're super small, so we need the help of others. And this is, again, a great thing. Sustainability is not where we compete. I mean, we work together with all the brands. It's great. We compete with design. That's where we compete, but not with sustainability. That's, that's where we really learn from each other. So I think it's, but it's, it, it's as I say, it's Klondike, and you never know what's the gold or <laughs> what's not, and what's just sand. And that's hard. And I, I, I do not. I'm not an IT expert, so yeah. I need the IT experts at my team within the whole of Gantt to tell me that is the one to choose, Jessica. That's the gold. The rest is sand. And then I, I really think that this is sustainability is a pre-competitive area. Yeah. Uh, and 
for us, if we have suppliers or customers or, uh, I mean, it's, it's sort of the, you have to get a mass using the tool. It's like with Blocket in Sweden. Uh, there are different sharing platforms. But if, if uh, many people, many suppliers, many customers, if they're using the same tools, that's such an advantage. So that's why we also, we do collaborate uh, within the sector on these IT tools, how to evaluate them, how to select them, and, and to see which one um, is applicable, and we can share data together. So, and, and there's communities around different uh, tools. But there, there is also a level of detail that is sometimes almost insane. I mean, we want to know how many meters of, of, of thread it was in every yeah. single product, and how do you not, calculate? Not to mention the packaging. No, yeah. not to mention packaging and not to mention, but, but again, it's like every detail and every like still boils down to when the consumer buys this shirt, what do they want to know and what will make them choose this one? Mm -hmm. And I think for us, it's, a, it's, we need to be responsible retailers and responsible fashion. Like that is kind of the hygiene factor and still they will choose based on design. And then we have the longevity, how many washes, how long can this, this is the classic shirt that you will have for, for the coming 30 years and that you will hand it down to your, to your daughter or your son and so on. That is the change. And, and that was also mentioned before, those who are not focused on quality and longevity, they have a challenge. Right. Those who are will have a head start. It's not easy, but it is. And I will take any head start there is because the challenge is, is real. <laughs> Sandra, can you give some insight into it? Because I know you've been uh, looking very closely at this digital product passport and, and uh, you talk it all about the, the projects that you're working on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, David from uh, GS1 talked about the Trace for Value projects uh, before. And then it's uh, Kappal and Marimekko, the Finnish brand, who are the bands uh, participating. And we're, we're doing a digital product passport and filling it with data together with SIS um, and uh, Trust Trace, our uh, traceability software. And uh, I mean, to, to be able to do this in practice, fill all the information, like where is it coming from? The Trust Trace tool puts in some information, the PLM system, the, uh, the ordering system that we have. Um, and, and then um, um, to do the physical label, actual uh, garment care label, uh, and how do we... Uh, how do we get that to the garment producer so that uh, like how is the whole logistic set up and, and what uh, David also talked about what all the information that you can relate to to the product passport like how, how can we um, use that for logistics for point of sale I mean uh, all this uh, to, to do this in practice it's only two products they're coming in like week right. three or something but to actually do this journey in practice and, and have created, produced the digital product passport. What has been the, the most really good. challenging part of it uh, for you doing this, this, this DPP pilot that I'm... It's, a, it's about uh, sort of um, finding a good workflow, actually. Mm -hmm. And to, to know what, what is the most convenient uh, way to take the data. And because we don't want the data to be uh, stored in different databases, right? Because then we have a lot of server energy and, and electricity for that. So how can we do this in, in like the most efficient and sustainable then way? 
and also on that, I mean, how long did it take for you to, to go from idea to implementation? We were so fortunate because we, we were sort of introduced to an already planned product. Ah. Right. You piggybacked. That's mm. fine. <laughs> because, I mean, I've been trying for the last two years to get a QR code on our products, and it's finally mm. happening in 2024, and it's right. still, like, it, it's, it's hard. And then I'm just at the at the QR code, not filling it with all the DPP. And then, and, and I think on the PEF, we have done 130 products now. It's really challenging due to the fact that the, the system isn't even set yet. The, the standard isn't set yet. So, mm. so, and then how to compare one shirt to another, that might be easy, but then how to compare a dress in man-made certified cellulostics and then in, in, in cotton, it's different. It's really, so this is where we need the other experts as well. Right. I want to go back to this notion of EPR, extended producer responsibility, and, and both of you, I, I want to learn a little bit more about how you, what's your approach to that? Are there specific projects, uh, take back programs, uh, uh, you know, how do you work, how do you see the role of, of recycling? Um, Jessica, you're so, you're so prepared, you're like bringing stuff, showing stuff. It's <laughs> the key part of sustainability, you need to be prepared, you need to have plan A, B, C, and you need to roll with it regardless. All right, bring it on. That when you're talking about this, it's important to say that you need to start from the beginning, but you also need to find the products that already work. Mm -hmm. And if we're talking about extended... Oh, that word. Extended EPR responsibility, EPR. Thank you, yes. Um, as I then presented last week, and I still can't remember the name. And uh, it's still about how to make the products really last for a long time. And I think that the, the key part of that is that you can choose. Like, how, do you blend fabrics? Then you have a lower like score. If you don't, then you have a higher. So mm. it's all about like how it can be recycled or not. But again, it starts with something. And I, I wanted to to do two checks here. How many here do work within IT? Raise your hands. Yeah, so we have a lot of IT nerds. And then I would like to say then, when we are talking about sustainability and all of these things, you need to know what is your major impacts and how to do that and so on. And then you can go to the consumers. And then we looked at our genes and we said like, okay, the genes is something that we have been doing a lot of time, uh, over a lot of long time. Now we have lifelong repair on all our genes. Is that then done? Done, done and dusted. And we can take it back in the store and we can repair it. No, it's not because you have all the other things as well. So again, you need to know where you start, but you need something to, that is tangible. And that's why I have all of these products because it boils down to products. Mm. It's not like something that is fluffy. It is real things. So we also then needed to train all the, every relevant team. And I say relevant team because who is relevant to making a pair of jeans at a fashion company? Actually, everyone is. So we trained them, but on different things. So the product creation team needed the circular design training. The buying team needed a different training, and so on and so on. And again, we're just started. So that's how we do it. Sandra, what's best? Recycling in the textile or reusing the garment? What's, what's the best scenario here for? I, I'm glad you asked the question because I, I think that we, we make it so wrong when we when we sort of put reuse recycling and recovery in competition it's not the competition between those three it's a sequence mm. so first we should definitely reuse and reuse and reuse because then we um, uh, save the whole garments production uh, impact and fiber recycling that's really good as a as a step after you have 
uh, done maybe, I mean reuse, and maybe you can save fabric uh, or, or yarn in some way. The technology is not really developed, but then fiber recycling, then we um, can replace new fibers. But if we can replace a whole new garment, then, then you have eight times more resources reduced, right? So reuse, 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 and then recycle, and then recover. And I think we, we, um, we should know that if we recycle garments and, and put them into new fiber, I think what Oiku said that, that um, um, we, we must find, it's not only about like preparing for recycling or, or making new fibers, they must be placed in a product. So they must be used. That's when you make the environmental saving of substituting a, a material. Um, but when we have uh, re recycled them into a new product and you cannot recycle them anymore into a new product, then they eventually will be recovered. And, and then um, it's much better, I think, to, to use them for energy in like the district heating system in a civilized country than to export waste to a third uh, or a development. Let's keep it local. But this is also, I mean, we, we need to have the plan mm -hmm. for what will happen in each step, because otherwise we will uh, downgrade and downgrade, and eventually we are so happy that, that, we, uh, that we succeeded with the first cycle, and, and we don't think about but what will happen in the next cycle and the next cycle. And then, you know, you have to have uh, energy-efficient processes. Because if you maybe that was what you're going to say, but uh, if you if we produce a new fiber from a recyclet, and that costs more resources to make than the old one, then we I mean way off spending resources on the wrong things. So uh, yeah. But well, we are, in fact, talking about the EU waste hierarchy, and that has been in place for a long time. Right. Uh, but that's not as fun to talk about, so we call it the Gantt 7 roofs, and, and it starts with... Re it's all about branding with you, right? No, but it's, it's about refreshing and about learning. That's what it is. It's a never-stop learning thing, because it is like you want the customers to take care of the products. Mm. How do you treat a shirt for it to last 130 washes or 30 years or how do you take care of that and how do you have lifelong repair how do you sew in a, a button I mean my grandmother was a dressmaker she taught me all of that people nowadays have no clue so it's it's good for us to have that conversation but it is the EU waste hierarchy and that's based on science and how you progress on that and as a final note I just want to say it's important to stick to science and not guess uh, like because if we don't have science to stand on, then it will be like I, whoever screamed loudest gets it, and mm. that's not fair for anyone. And we have one planet, and there is a stress on that. And the good thing with circularity is that we can save resources and we can make our planet better for both people and for everyone living there, including like the, the biodiversity and also the animals. So I think it's it, we have an opportunity. Uh, and we should grasp that one. I think that's a great note to end on. Sandra Roos, Jessica Woodmar, thank you so much for sharing your insights today. A round of applause.